just because there is citation doesn't mean that the fact is really true. So meta AI now comes into place. They worked on an AI model that scans hundreds and thousands of citations to spot these wrong citations. Well, Mark posted this and said, yeah, we're live. And well, I think we're all pretty sure that it sucks. And the internet agrees. An image of a donkey riding a roller coaster. Assassination of Joe Biden. Assassination of Boris Johnson. An illustration of an avocado and a helmet walking a dog. Like the, the things that you expect the users to directly test out. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to well, episode 31 of the Tech Review. Every two weeks, we gather to discuss the hottest topics in science, technology, and innovation. And today on camera three, we have Vincent. On camera two, we have Henrike. And on camera one, this is me. Hi, I'm Tarek. And as always, if you like what you see here with us, um, you can follow us directly on our websites IdeasEngineering.io and Freetech.academy or of course on our many social media channels like LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. You can find the links as always in the description or in the show notes depending on where you're hearing us or seeing us. And now let's jump into the news. So let's see who is first. My agenda says Henrike. Oui. Nice. Which one? Uh, it is Meta wants to supercharge Wikipedia with AI upgrade. Yes. All right. So I just read that yesterday. The issue is uh, quite more like well known that Wikipedia articles, if you publish one, a citation is needed. That's what it always says. But in general, citations don't tell everything. So they, on at the beginning of the article, explain again that just because there is a citation or like a hyperlink available, it doesn't mean that it's actually the fact is really true um, that is behind it. Because there, there can be a hyperlink leading to a completely different page. Nobody actually clicks on it, but it appears, oh, there's a hyperlink. So it must be something like the source must be behind it. It's just an assumption. And um, then there also can be the case that facts are actually accurate, but the citation is inappropriate. It's leading to a source that is, I don't know, not trustworthy or whatever. So Meta AI now comes into place. They worked on an AI model that scans hundreds of thousands of articles or hundreds and thousands of citations at once to spot these um, yeah, wrong citations and has the actual potential to suggest better, more accurate citations, which is like the USP at this point. It's so far only a proof of concept, not really usable so far, but for the proof of concept, they used a data set of 4 million Wikipedia citations. What they did is they built an index out of these websites that they used um, and split them into passages, basically. And then they, they were not representing word by word, but like passage by passage and the meaning that is within these passages. So if they have two chunks of text with a similar meaning, they're kind of represented close to each other in the n-dimensional space where it's all stored. What is missing still in their approach of, of you know, finding a solution for fake news, basically, is that they, there's no grading of the quality of the sources that they citing so like is one source better than the other How, should one be ranked higher um also question of trustworthiness of different sources um there are some other solutions in place but still this is not part of their 
AI models so far. So um, there's one question in the end um, where it's also said just because there's an if it's only needed to have an evidence that confirms that something is true, you know, doesn't really mean that it's actually hard to say um, any claim actually can be proven correct, no matter how wrong it might be. <laughs> like that's the, the thing behind. So it's 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 not trivial, kind of to to find to demonstrate that you can actually solve fake news with the help of algorithms. There's still a lot of open questions but bottom line is they're on it they're at least a step further than what wikipedia can provide so far with all the bots that they have in place um working on this issue but now they still have to make it work because it's just a proof of concept yeah, i find this super interesting i was wondering when you uh when you when you just said this i was wondering but you um brought it up yourself in the end i, I think it's uh very valuable generally this 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 concept is super valuable however what i think is that we really be we really have to be careful how to use this um because technically there are a lot of situations where i would argue that there are there's proof for both and there is just one truth however but um, you could also maybe argue a bit differently and suddenly you are at a fake news at a false truth that then you verify to be true. This is a much too exa extreme example. And I think there is proof that this is wrong. But imagine if something like that would be influenced by, say, the Democrat, uh, by the Republicans after the 2021, no, 20, yeah, 2021 elections in the United States. And these algorithms will, you know, verify who won the elections. And then there are, uh, well, then the, the, there's Trump telling everybody that he actually won because there was ev some kind of evidence that this that the the, the um, votes weren't count uh, were not counted correctly. When I'm not mistaken, but uh, don't quote me on that. Well, and I, I guess there was this kind of discussion about this, even though later on they were able to prove that this was not a not an issue. But well, still there was a fun a substantial kind of. There were a substantial kind of number of sources to bring up to that algorithm uh, uh, to verify that actually Trump won the elections. And, um, yeah. it, well, this, sorry, very long argument, but this would obviously, you know, everybody would see that. And I think we all would realize that this is wrong information, wrongful information. But let's say this is more subtle. And let's say it's in a field where everybody does not know anything about it. Like, I don't know, we're talking about. Uh, nuclear energy th these days and i'm sure there are, there are aspects that i don't know and i would look them up maybe even on wikipedia and then there is this well lobby kind of influence thing telling me for example that well nuclear energy is even much worse than you know we all argue about or the other way around i think that's very dangerous because there are always these kind of half truths you could argue in one way or another exactly why it's so important that they also take into consideration like what sources you know are trustworthy and you know bringing the quality of, of information in in place because it, exactly what you say because they also mention that they when they then search for other better sources of information to to quote 
or to use as citations, then you could also include not just other Wikipedia articles but or other articles and websites, but also YouTube videos or pictures, whatever, with like a sub line. Um, and if you, if we take videos, for example, I mean, deep fakes, etc. You know, there, it makes it just much more complex to really, when you have this bunch of sources and they have spread the same information, but then these you have to analyze in itself, whether it's trustworthy or not, whether it's fake or not, before you included it. It's just, it's just very complex. And exactly what you said, that's a really a danger that something will be claimed as trustworthy and true when in fact it's not. I don't know if, if, if it's the factor AI that always makes these things like that, or if it's meta choosing um, these topics, but it always feels like meta you, it chooses these kind of fields to be active in that are always kind of dangerous. <laughs> and I always think it's very ironic, but maybe this is also because we all are just very skeptic about AI and how to Im integrate this in our lives. But I always kind of find it kind of, I don't know, kind of funny that, well, this is again another example that why they are from all fields, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's super important. So, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, it's just, yeah, yeah. I think especially with this, this AI needs to be trained. And this means that um, there will be people giving feedback to the AI. And I believe in the end, it might be that the AI finds f fake sources or bad sources more quickly and efficient than an army of people who are checking all these things by hand. Um, because in the end, this is why we are training these these AI systems. So who is next? Next one would be Vincent. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so and we stay on the mid uh, topic. Um, I brought something something I I just found very very uh, uniquely funny. Um, it is um, the new launch of the Meta um, World. It is. It's a feature where you can build your own metaverse, and it is now available. I think in Spain and France. I'm not 100 sure. Again, Horizon Worlds VR. It's called from the Horizon kind of studio thing that Meta does. And uh, well, Mark posted this and said, "Yeah, we're live." And well, I think we're all pretty sure that it sucks. And the internet agrees um, because. And then there is this very famous tweet. I think. Oh yeah, you can see it. Meta spent 10 billion or more in VR, and now it looks like a 28 um, Wii game. And well, that is true. Um, and I mean, Mark Zuckerberg came back uh, to this, posted when you scroll down, he posted some other results and said, Hey, we're improving a bit further. Yeah, there. Look at this, we're improving. The metaverse is real. But what I think is that the internet is right in, in that way that. Well, Meta is pouring billions into this thing. Yeah, we don't know what it is. But we don't know how it's going to look. And we know in the end what it's like. We know the idea, right? But everything else is kind of up for question. And so it is kind of, it's weird slash ironic slash, I don't know. And I thought I'm going to bring it today um, because I feel like, I mean, I mean, there are good reasons why why this is not the way we write what he posted there obviously is just something that needs so much effort like so much more code than they currently could have produced and it needs much more power on the engine that you're running and there there are so very good reasons why horizon world 
VR is not like the real world and more like a Wii game. But uh, maybe Meta last year when they announced the whole thing acted a bit too much like, so we're going to solve this. Look at us. And well, that's the backlash now. And I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, as a software developer, I, I usually am very, very, very allergic uh, against this kind of judgment because it, the, the first thing that everyone is judging is the front end. And we do not know how much innovation and how much improvement and new technology and millions lines of code uh, were invested into this application and people see this one image and they say ah the front end does not look good right and and i mean of course it's it's great that we have this high bar on which we now judge uh vr applications that we have high expectations after what matter is uh, is is um proposing and um, um promising to us and this is a good thing we want to have that but it's it's really unfair to judge from these screenshots or judge from from these demos only from the ui perspective yeah and it of course it's it's probably not a good marketing move to show this as a sign of progress you want to have it shiny and you want to uh impress the people no no question but the the actual value of of the metaverse is supposed to be um, the interconnectedness to other VR worlds and the uh, the multiplayer experiences and details about I don't know like like facial expressions for example and these things are the things that I'm actually waiting for and and want to see and that's why it's it, it hurts it hurts my heart to see how uh, Meta is then criticized by by these aspects yeah but but of course in in terms of marketing probably not a good marketing move to show where is it to show like this Wii graphics style thing. And yeah, it's, you you won't impress people with this image. No, no question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly the point. Like, who do you want to address? Who is the main audience? Are these the developers who know, just like you, the, all the work that is behind there and how far they've already come um, besides how the UI looks? Or is it people that have you know, no idea about all of this and you want to attract them like, hey, the metaverse is coming like a buzzword that is all around for such a long time and people know how much money goes into there. And then this is the screenshot. This is the <laughs> UI and the example that you present them. I mean, then there is like, it's, it's bad marketing. It's a mismatch because you didn't address them in the right way to actually make them excited about this. You know what I mean? So, I mean, then the picture later on where he then um, retweeted or published or whatever, some new images, renderings of like, this is where we want to go. And this is what we already have kind of as a prototype or whatever. Use this to make if you want to address the broader audience, because that already looks much more, you know, realistic and fantastic when you imagine being in the metaverse and this is how it looks like. But, you know, what was the goal with this message <laughs> with the audience they wanted to address um etc that they it seems like they didn't take that into consideration which is embarrassing in itself so i mean it's kind of fair that maybe, they had this backlash because they simply did it wrong and they should know better by now <laughs> maybe maybe it's kind of it's a bubble problem i mean they but look at their competitors i think they look a lot at I don't know. They look a lot at Roblox. I'm sure they look at Sandbox and 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 all these kind of metaverses, 
And the reality is that, well, they're kind of advanced next to this more kind of Minecraft-ish approach that most of the other metaverses you can already use and, you know, be in, have. And therefore, looking at this, yes, uh, they are advanced, but still, to the average user, Tarek, you said it, right, judging the front end and the UI, um, this won't be, it won't impress. So maybe when you're too long in such a bubble, you feel like, look at that, that's our, look at what we did, and well, they didn't, Henrik, just as you said, take into consideration, this is great, <laughs> but it, it just doesn't match their the marketing kind, department kind of talk they're doing. Right. Yeah, and people constantly criticize Meta, so they they have this pressure of impressing people. And I, I don't want to be in Mark Zuckerberg's shoes uh, in terms of having to produce like a weekly new progress um, for a project in the scale. Okay. And I totally forgot I have this new transition, right? And now this. I totally forgot I have this new transition. I, I'm not sure if you you have seen that. I think I only used it okay. once. <laughs> I haven't, but I like it. Very, very <laughs> impressive. So the next one comes from me. And this is something you probably already have seen as fellow TikTokers. We There is this new AI tool out there called DALI. Like Dali the, the painter, but in this case, it's an AI tool. And you tell the tool, um, I would like to see an image of a donkey riding a roller coaster or something like that. And then this AI tool uses its, um, mem its, its trained network of paintings, of images that is, exist to create new artwork. And in this case, an artwork of a donkey riding a roller coaster. Um, and this is very impressive. And there are very crazy images on the web uh, examples of this this feature having an, an ai create real art based on user input it's really really crazy and tiktok impressed now by creating a filter and they created this filter i tested it where you can enter text like i don't know donkey on a roller coaster and then it creates this background this green screen background what you already have in in tiktok with this personally created AI art of what you just entered. Yeah, If I want to have, I don't know, um, a green field with blue mountains or something like that, I, I enter this text and it creates this background for me. And it's, it's amazing because this is state-of-the-art AI technology which just uh, impressed people on this, on this prototypical level. And TikTok created an adaptation for this directly as a filter in their app and this this is amazing it's a slowed down version and it's kind of censored because as you know social media crowd the first thing that they enter is porno pornography and violence and death and everything and so it tries to stay um for, for the young audience and so i think in this case it's it's good have to have this filter regulated and a little bit censored and in this article they they also wrote the first thing that they tried was where is it like uh yeah assassination of joe biden assassination of boris johnson like the the things that you expect the users to directly test out right and in these cases the ai was um careful by creating 
images that look somehow like Boris Johnson and somehow like Joe Biden. And so the, the input was somehow taken into consideration, but it works fine that it does not directly depict um, too much violence or nudity. Yeah? So these things are somehow filtered out. Um, but as you see in these um, in these examples, okay, no, th those are not good examples because those are the examples for things that have been uh, censored. But I can, I don't know, like, do we have the, how's it spelled? Like, the the examples. If you don't know this, um, here are these examples of What's it? An illustration of an avocado in a helmet walking a dog. <laughs> this does not exist, but the AI is creating then uh, an illustration of an avocado in a helmet walking a dog. This is what AI is, is able to do, right? And it sounds silly, but I think this is so amazing that um, the AI engine simply can do this. Understanding the context, using existing art for learning how to draw an avocado and a dog and this depiction of this illustration and it, it it works and you can play around for hours with this but the the newsworthy thing in here is not this ai but having tiktok using this as a filter where everyone can do this and it, it works in seconds it's, it's working as performant as any other filter as well and you get these individual created pictures um from the ai yeah so test it out it's it's great it's it exists can you save can you save them then or do you always have to recreate them and then they will probably always be slightly different every time you kind of give the same yeah. instructions? It's, it's a good question. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can save them as like an image, um, but as these filters uh, usually work, you, you open the filter, you enter um, your description and my expectation would actually be that it always generates a new picture. Yeah. Mm. But it might be that it has. I'm excited. Like yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm really excited to see uh, when this will come into the regular filter game because mm -hmm. I mean, our current end user understanding of AI and um, AR is that we use filters, right? Um, the Face app, I think, is a very good example of AI being extremely smart and understanding exactly what's there, what's being shown on the picture. So this obviously is the, well, I, it's more or less the logical step, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm talking about regular photo editing, like, um, so I, I, I'm not really good in editing pictures, uh, but I often feel that I would love to have the lights brighter. I don't know. So I take a lot, of, a lot of pictures with lights in the background where I feel like, oh, I would like to have this kind of neon effect where they're brighter. I really don't know how to do this. I try it every time. I, I, I suck. Um, this tool, however, in, I don't know, in, in, in the version 2.1 or 1.1 uh, or 2.0 or whatever, um, I could tell probably the tool, hey, listen, uh, I really want to have the lights lighter, uh, brighter. And it's going to turn up the, the brightness of the lights, however yes. it does it. And, and this also, I mean, this is just a very subtle thing. But now thinking about like, I want, um, I want uh, smoother skin. I want, uh, I want makeup. Um, you know, please put on, please put on my makeup, please. And I, I could save filters probably. And the same goes for video editing. So this is really intense. And when we now co go back to the very first topic we had, talking about Wikipedia and this, this 
algorithm and the problem of identifying what's real and what's not, right? But we know that there are bots creating content. I know we know that there are bots writing blog articles right now and stuff like that uh, or leaving reviews. Um, you know, this is extremely crazy because this could create much more than the uh, rudimentary stuff that we know um, and make, well, it's it's super great. It's a bit scary, but it's super cool. Yeah. And I think someone in one of the previous tech reviews, I think we had discussed something like a metaverse editor where there was a demonstration where someone on the fly while he was in there was giving like commands, make the sky brighter, create a tree somewhere there. And then um, the, the metaverse creator generated these assets on the fly while I was standing in VR. And I think, I mean, it's, it's not the same thing. It's not like creating art based on other art, but was voice commanded environmental control, right? And I could imagine having your video or photo editor working the same way by giving this command, I need more light. And uh, so the settings are automatically adjusted to create a brighter, but still a perfect image. I, it's, it's probably already possible and I'm pretty sure it will uh, soon be, be a thing. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, imagine what this would will do eventually to AR uh, when you mix in what you see and potential digital elements. Um, I, I know that a lot of people use this uh, example of like architects showing stuff off or, you know, I don't know, uh, people preparing something and show me the right wire and stuff like that, you know? Okay, yes, all great. But I mean, this is also for entertainment purposes and everything. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. And now this. Next one is Henrike with Guess what? ISS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're one week too soon to talk about Artemis 1. <laughs> so next time but we will we'll probably have an article about that, I'm sure. Um, but I thought then I pick another interesting uh, development. Uh, so it's not that much about tech, but rather about social and political implications. Um, because the old news is, I think since July or when Cosmos, Roscosmos announced that they will leave the ISS project in 2025. And now, uh, I think two days ago, they um, published first details for their own station that they want to call Ross. Um, <clears throat> so it basically will offer Russia a better observation of the Earth than they currently have um, with the ISS. And also, you know, that, that they continue and can continue to observe the Earth and they can continue to research in low Earth orbit. Um, so the thing is that for two decades now, the US and Russia, they work together peacefully in space, um, despite what's happened like on the ground. Um, and now the interesting thing is to see um, how now that this codependency will be gone in 2025, how this will affect politics on Earth in the long run. Because now they can be like, do completely their thing in all aspects. Again, they do not have any codependency to the Western states, especially the US. And that is kind of, yeah, worrying. Post can I ask yeah. something stupid? 
please do. Can I ask something a bit dumb? Um, so what? What? Yes, uh, I, I love the that we go into space and that we inhabit space in that way, even though it's very expensive and you know not very sustainable. But so what do you do there? I mean, <laughs> is there is like this is a billion ruble invest, a billion, billion, billion. So what, is it worth it? I, I mean, mean not, we have like the space IES, exploration so... in general, or no, or no, 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 no. I'm talking specifically Ross. about, yeah, I'm st talking specifically about a station like Ross because we have the ISS, so the initial invest is there. I personally would argue that we need something like that as a as a as a world, as a, as a as a as a species. But why would what does Russia gain that they not could? You know, when people say this could have been an email, my question is, could this have been a satellite? Question mark. I mean, th this question is not so dumb. <laughs> because on the one hand, um, yeah, there are things that the ISS solved. First of all, it's, it's a research station. It was uh, for a long time a place where the international space community was conducting research. Um, and today people are talking about building things like space hotels uh, where you have space tourists spending time and enjoying the view down to the earth for very, very rich people. So this is another use case. But the ISS was basically a research station. And the, the reason why the ISS is discontinued is that um, it is, it's, it's not necessary anymore. We now have the private space industry that is taking over things that were done on the ISS before, more cost efficiency, quicker, and so the international space community does not need the space, space station anymore. It's, it's outdated and it's very, very expensive. And so NASA and ESA and all the space agencies, they are now concentrating on the, on the next frontier. They are building a station on the moon. They are building a new space station, new orbital space station uh, in the orbit of the moon. This is the new thing where, where people are concentrated on. And as you said, we have satellites for the purpose of mapping the Earth and doing stuff on Earth. And, and so I personally, I'm also asking myself the same question. What will be the purpose of building ROS? Because it's going to be extremely expensive. And the question is, what are they planning to do that, there? What they didn't do in the past 20 years on the ISS. So, so is there actually the necessity to have a, a state-financed a, a state space station owned by the Russians? And of course, it's maybe a question of prestige and the question of independence. But does this invest really bring the outcome that, that they want? As you said, if they need like pictures from space, satellites way way cheaper yeah so so it, it this is actually a good question what they are planning to do in ross and if and why they are not planning to build like a russian moon base because this is what what the international space community is doing right now building things on the moon and planning to colonize mars so why what are the russians doing in, in earth orbit this is weird and i mean exactly they haven't given any details on that Maybe they don't know either, and so far it's just a prestige kind of approach. I don't know. Or there is something that they, you know, want to do whatever, have control of, um, independent from any other states. I, I also cannot, I don't think that they don't consider 
going on the moon and having a base there as well, independent from the others. If they don't, that would be quite, I mean, I don't know what they did in the past years. Then. Um, <laughs> they were busy yeah, with other really things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it will be curious to see. I mean, this is, Ross is one example of that they want to do their own thing, independent from the others. They're probably more coming but the question or the the worries stay the same like how will that affect also other political situations because there is no codependency anymore and they're really independent in whatever they want to do whether it makes sense or not but on yeah that's the basic issue here i think it might also be that this news is misinterpreted and someone simply gave out some, I don't know, guesswork that the Russians are doing something with their space program. And this, this space station Ross is a working title for an extended Russian space program, maybe actually building Ross in the orbit of the moon or something like that. And people simply mis, uh, misinterpreted whatever they are, they gave out yeah, because it would be strategically it would be very weird to pull out of the ISS program prematurely simply to plan to replace it with a way more expensive space station on their own um, with like a leg also like a there's a time gap in between like in the article it says they it's uh, planned to be in two phases and phase one is aimed to happen between 2030 and 2035 I think so there's still five years between leaving the ISS program and starting the Ross thing. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, Why? let's see. <laughs> or they are planning for dominating um, like our orbit when everyone is busy on other planets and moons. <laughs> Nobody yeah, then, is checking low Earth orbit then anymore. It's just them. Right. <laughs> But then you could argue, why not uh, something other spacey, right? Why not a elevator? Why not a space <laughs> hook? All these technologies exist. No, I'm saying, I'm, I'm honest about this. Like, why would you bring up something outdated, like, as a concept, if you don't necessarily need it? If you want to do that, well, do something that actually would solve a lot of the problems. Because, I mean, we all know that the ISS is a great thing. But it also came with a lot of issues uh, and a lot of maintenance. And um, there are concepts out there that technically would solve a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the picture that was in the article, it just looks like the ISS. I mean, it's really... It's, it's the ISS. They just wrote an R in front of it and <laughs> called it the no, day. It's slightly different, but I mean, look at the design. It's... Uh, yeah. To, to be honest, same approach. I kind of doubt that this is actually going to be a thing because, as we know, ISS was extremely expensive and only possible by international collaboration. And everyone was spending a part of the money so that we all together can have this super expensive space station. And I'm not saying that the Russians don't have the budget for that, but why spend like everything you have on this kind of outdated concept. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, I kind of doubt that this is really going to happen. Okay. And now, this. It. I love this transition. 
Vincent. Yes, I brought this today because this is something I really, really, really find very interesting. Um, it is Tesla. And Tesla has this thing where you can upgrade f to full uh, self-driving of the vehicle. Uh, it is still not allowed to sleep or, you know, to let the car drive around without you in it. Um, but you could technically upgrade to it as, uh, specifically in the United States. And um, this has been going on for uh, a while. Not a wire-wire, but... It's, I think there is a subscription model and then there is like a, you can buy it for a lifetime model. Um, the, the upgrade, if you have the full uh, sensor package on your Tesla, you can upgrade that and then you have a full self-driving vehicle. And they upgraded it, they had like, um, it was a f lifetime price of 10K, then they upgraded it to 12K and now they're going to 15K. And um, and this, I find this very interesting because um, one of the big things that for automotive is, is difficult, which is also why Volkswagen was able to keep up with Tesla and other brands, is volume. You need a lot of data to learn, to, to, train, to train your self-driving system. And Volkswagen, for example, is so successful with this in the development currently, even though everybody says, yeah, why it's such a old company and, uh, you know, the structures, the, the startups are much better. Yes, but they have so many cars driving and so many data points they can just access. Um, they, they learn a lot. And Tesla, I understand that Tesla is doing this as well, but I find it kind of obscure that this actually is something, it's pricey and it's extremely pricey, uh, even though it's a beta. So, it kind of fits like this because you help Tesla. You're helping Tesla. I'm sure when you do this, you in the AGB, um, you you accept that Tesla can read all your an anonymized data points and you know put it into their system. And then I thought back because I think this is a culture which I which we had around about I think twelve years no fifteen years ago because I remember that. In the, in the meantime, I would argue that most of the beta trials were free because the software developers needed information, needed data, so it was free, right? I, I mean, think back on Windows, for example, the Windows betas you could always download and everything. It was always free. And, but then, remember when the first Apple products got cool, like the iPod Touch, the, the, the enabling of Bluetooth on the iPod Touch second generation actually was an upgrade for five something, 589. And actually, this is kind of, I thought back at that day, that was kind of clever because, I mean, I want Bluetooth, right? And I mean, it's built in, okay, but they need money for developing, so they charge me for it. Right now, I think, okay, well, uh, you know, due to all the beta trials I, I, I did, I love testing, so it kind of, why would I pay? But back then, I thought it's a smart idea, and now this is coming back. And I haven't decided yet, and I would love to know your opinion, I haven't decided yet if I either find this very nice because technically part of this really cool thing even though it's not available for everybody so it's like if you're really into testing and you have money you know hey um, you can be part of the first 10 10,000 or something but then on the other end i think well you know tesla what the hell uh, it, uh we're helping you uh, i bought you i bought your 50k or something k vehicle why yeah it's it's a question of culture and i i'm I also remember the time when it was a self-understanding fact that a company has a testing department 
and they were testing their product before they rolled it out. So they paid people to do that. And the same thing, if, if you are invited for testing and feedback, usually you are compensated for this work that you're doing for the company and they profit from getting the test results and your feedback and everything. But as you said, in, in today's culture, also with games, you as a consumer pay the company to get access to the better server so that you can try out the latest features and everything. So you are testing, you are paying the company for, to work for them, <laughs> basically creating data for them, creating um, feedback for them. And so paying $15,000 for the access to a better system that you're not even allowed to use in production, basically. And I guess people are doing this. They are, they are paying for that. This is weird yeah and i mean yeah that's the way that we are working today and living today but but yeah t technically you are working for them and generating data for them and generating profit for them and you pay them to to be able to do that it's a weird way of having prestigious products like that where you literally pay pay to to work for it. i mean i imagine uh, applying for a company and say i will pay you money for the honor to be allowed to work for you. <laughs> not, they, they don't pay me. I pay them so that I'm allowed to work for them. Well, I, I mean, now that I'm saying that there are these unpaid internships, right? Which is kind of the same thing. You work for them for free just for um, getting the experience or um, the entry on your, on your CV that you were somehow related to, to this company. So, so there is also what I'm laughing about. This already exists. And p working for free is kind of g giving the company your, your, your working for free. It's, it's like paying them yeah. So for the honor of working with them. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and what you get here is that you're part of a very uh, unique group of people having the prestige you can talk about it it's it's more self-marketing than it you know and then it's a question like what is that worth to me mm. to me it wouldn't be worth 15 times US dollars <laughs> like hell no but there are enough people who think that is that is worth for them so you yeah. cannot i mean tesla is kind of a big brand um and people um have different associations with it that are you know, and, and some people just like to be associated with that. And then they decide to, to do this. I, I, I wouldn't. Mean, I mean, it's smart in that way that there are people doing it. So Tesla can make money with it. Um, it just shows how dumb we <laughs> consumers <laughs> probably are that we agree to this. Oh. I mean, we're all kind of nerds here. So, I mean, we all understand that there is a thrill in testing these things. I mean, I don't know if you guys downloaded the uh, the beta for the new iOS on your iPhones and therefore killed all your ton services for your <laughs> bank account, um, like me. Um, but uh, there, there's the thrill of trying things out and you know being part of this this testing group because you want to test for yourself, right? You want to understand where is this technology going and everything. But um, but this is free, so you're kind of hey. The communication kind of is, hey, so these features probably suck, but if you really want to test them here, we just need your data in return, and and we're good. And this is kind of the trade-off. I think that is kind of that, that morally okay because, well, I'm you know if I really want to use features that are not okay, fine. But this is morally just wrong because 
this is a so for example one of the up, updates they made is that they did a 17% jump in left turns i think which leads me to the question what happened before that <laughs> so do i do i pay tesla to drive something over and what happens with my car in then you know so i pay 15k to eventually go to the garage where i need to repair my car for another 15k this, the whole I, the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. Not at all. But still, there are people dumb enough to be willing to pay it because they're part of this unique group of people. Probably the target audience uh, for these Tesla cars are those who don't care about plus minus 15,000. It's like when you have space tourists who pay like $2 million for, for a day on the ISS. It doesn't make a difference if you if you charge them two million or three million dollars. They they probably don't care, right? So so it does not make any difference. And and those people who who really struggle to pay for the Tesla, those are not the people that are targeted with this um with with this test group, right? But there are obviously enough people wealthy enough who don't care about these fifteen thousand dollars who who simply want to have the thrill. Of being able to test this feature, uh, but la last last sentence about this. I'm sorry. Uh, I know we have to move on, but this also gives you a kind of an idea of what Tesla is thinking about their feature. I mean, so the upgrade to the to the the, the if you order a Tesla and you and you want the full sensor f uh, thing that you um, you you need in order to buy this FD FSD uh, beta. Um, this is, I think, a 8K upgrade. So, um, therefore, my math is correct. I always is 23K for the self-driving thing. And this is, I mean, compared to how much the car is, really, really expensive. I mean, the Tesla, the regular, the, the smallest Tesla starts around 50K. So you're like 50% of the price now markup just for self-driving vehicles. I don't know if this fits the vision of m mobility and freedom. <laughs> Let's see. And I'm still waiting for the big news that uh, self-driving cars will actually be allowed on the street uh, because this is still like very open question. Well, I mean, in, in Munich, they are allowed. In Hamburg, really? this is going to come. Yeah, yeah, Volkswagen is driving there. They have test test vehicles but still with drivers in them but for example for example has moya this driving service and moya specifically was designed from the ground up to eventually transition into auto autonomous driving vehicles it's really cool because one of these vehicles vehicles is extremely expensive because they have a lot of stuff in there they actually use to develop new cars um so one of those vehicles you drive with moya is extremely expensive and um there are i think they're set in 2024 um, to um, make Moya autonomous because Moya is not a fully free driving around service, as you know. It's driving on specific lanes like a bus, uh, which makes it easier, obviously, for the for the thing to understand like where it's just going. So um, it, they are uh, specifically in Munich. You can see them. Interesting. I I, I wasn't and aware. And Hamburg, as you said. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And now this. And now let's talk about crypto.com. This 
was something uh, which I, I would say is a scary news. Or let's start like this. The news is that Crypto.com laid off 250 employees. Um, but this is not the crazy part. The crazy part is that obviously there were way more people let go than these officially communicated 260 uh, people. And there are people who are saying it's uh, like from internal, intern, uh, from inside the company who said that they feel a third of people were disappearing from the email list and from the Slack servers. And nobody is allowed to talk about this and nobody is giving out the official numbers. So obviously we know that uh, from th that the economy is currently declining, we have inflation, and also the crypto market is uh, going down, but nobody knows how, how much. And uh, crypto.com, uh, next to other crypto companies like OpenSea and who else was on the list um, they had down here somewhere... Yeah, OpenSea, Blockchain.com, um, Coinbase, sure. right, right. Yeah. And everyone um, is reducing their workforce because of um, their their uh, of, of the, the shrinking market. And the big question is, how much is this market in danger and how much is um, the, the power of these companies declining? And uh, the crazy thing about this one is, um, yeah, they let go a lot of people and they try to keep this information low and nobody's supposed to talk about this. But by, by saying nobody's allowed to talk about this, everyone started to talk about it and um, The Verge was digging in <laughs> and they were talking to employees. And so um, th there was, were these, these uh, talks that they even shut down Slack channels where usually you were able to see the number of all the people who were on the Slack server, so you were able to count the number of employees. And they shut down these Slack channels because you were able to see how many people were disappearing, right? So all channels and all access to systems which would allow you to count the employees uh, were re removed. And um, Crypto.com, of course, says, yeah, for security reasons and other reasons. <clears throat> But it is kind of censorship, yeah? And... <clears throat> this is something which uh, makes the employees afraid, of course. And it's like, um, yeah, we are not talking about this because you, we won't, don't want to scare you. But not being allowed to talk about this kind of is a way more scary than, than having the actual numbers. And I believe the panic comes from their business model and the whole crypto scene and NFT scene. It, it depends on the trust of the people who are investing there that crypto is powerful and a great investment and that numbers are indefinitely rising up yeah and having uh, and losing trust in this industry and into the whole crypto market could create this panic and uh, a cascade of people jumping out and this is would then the, the, be the end of all of these companies and so i i guess this is why they are very very careful how they are communicating um, that their company is not as wealthy or not as stable as they they wanted to seem, because trust in this company and trust in this um, in this industry is what makes them wealthy and successful. Yeah, and so th that's why uh, this is probably a very very bad marketing move, trying to hide these numbers and trying to hide the the actual uh, number of let goes, um, because this means that. Uh, all of the news and The Verge and uh, probably other um, um, news websites, they are digging in there and they are trying to find out what is going on. Yeah, And uh, in terms of a world economic crisis, um, the crypto market also has their problems. Yeah, And 
the question is how how far it is going to crash. Yeah, well, that's basically like, it. <laughs> it will, be will be interesting to see whether this approach of uh, hiding I, it will now completely backlash. No, I, I was just about to say whether this backlash is in the end that it's you know creating less trust Vincent? in the uh, end in it than having it announced like from the beginning like these are the numbers and this is the situation um instead of now trying to hide it um yeah well let's see i i, I can just agree that the whole business model is built on trust uh because and there are always more platforms out there where you can you know buy and sell coins so why uh you need to there must be a, a big advantage of crypto.com in order to really beat out Coinbase or any other platform, I know there are differences, but I wouldn't argue that that they're too big. So, yeah, if you if you if you don't trust people with that kind of information, what you're probably I don't know what you're capable of with you know the money of strangers. If you let strangers go like that, yeah, weird move. I I know they had a big marketing campaign. I think, yeah big mistake yeah let's see okay yeah that that was um the final link of our tech review today sorry again for the interruption of the live stream but still uh <laughs> the recording will be there and uh, so you can you can jump into what was discussed in these i think two minutes that there were missing okay yeah but uh that's it for now i hope to see you every everyone again in two weeks for episode 32 and we talked about this maybe in vr we will see <laughs> but until then have a beautiful week and uh, let's everyone enjoy the launch of Artemis 1 and I'm pretty sure that we are going to talk about Artemis 1 next time. See you then. Bye. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode and for that, we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you and if it was, please leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.